Well, hello there, listeners. Happy Thanksgiving. I am your resident spooky drag queen, Pissy Miles. And I am your resident spooky drag queen, spooky sister, Sam Baxter. And this is my my spooky spooky gay gay family. Back with another episode of my spooky gay family. I am so excited to be here. It is our favorite uh, time of November. It is Thanksgiving. <laughs> my favorite it, part of November is usually October. Yeah, so, seriously. Like, I'm I'm actually a little bit sad that Halloween is come and gone. Are you I, sad? I I am super sad. I mean, that's really our that is our it's, our bread and butter is October basically. Although I will say. I am a bit partial myself to December because I am, I don't want, I'm like, what's the opposite of a Grinch? A who? <laughs> I don't, like, what's you're Cindy Lou Who? I'm, I'm, well, I'm not that cheery, but I do love Christmas. <laughs> I mean, she's not particularly cheery. You could be like chilling in the window, like, where are you, Chris? I hate that <laughs> fucking song. And let me tell you. It's a terrible I, song. It's not even, it's not even, I mean, the song is like, whatever. It's like cheesy Hallmark yeah. Christmas movie. But then when Faith Prince sings it, there's like this, <laughs> she, her, she takes breaths in the strangest places. Wait, are you talking about when the little kid sings it or when Faith, no. h- when Faith Hill covered it? Faith Hill. You I'm, said I, Faith Prince. Not Faith Prince. Let's Faith not Prince is have a, a, a repeat actress. of Rob Zombie's wife. No, okay, I'm, let's not listen, do that. I am on a lot of okay. Sudafed uh, for no particular reason. I just like it. Um, <laughs> and I, I will probably get a lot of things wrong today. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yes, Faith Evans, or is it, is it Faith Hill? Faith Hill. Faith Hill. What? what I, don't, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Can I, think, just, I think it's Faith. You know what? Just to be absolutely safe, Faith. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> you say keep Faith talking Hill. And I'm but just Faith Hill <laughs> sings this song, and she's like, uh, she takes breaths in like the middle of sentences. She's like, "Where are you, Christmas?" It is in fact Faith Hill. Faith Hill, but she—it's like the middle of words. I'm like, Faith, are, is someone suffocating you? What ha- what happened, darling? Is someone trying to kill you? Why, like, She's choking why, on the lyrics. I, they're so saccharine. It's, it's one so of my <laughs> biggest pet peeves with pop singers that they just don't know how to breathe. It's like no one taught them how to breathe. <laughs> I'm sorry for those of you listening at home. Pissy just catapulted Sunkissed onto her shirt. I did, unfortunately. <laughs> I had a straw that uh, it does not want to stay in the glass. It just keeps slowly <laughs> rising out of the glass and trying to make its way into my lap. It's like, like Loki. <laughs> like all I want for Christmas is you. It just starts rising as soon as you ignore it for too long. I don't I'm know. ready for that song, though. I will. Are say. you really? Absolutely. I. <laughs> Listen, I I like that song. I need to hear it exactly one time a year, which is on the car ride to wherever I'm going for Christmas dinner. 
Like, but you're one of those Grinchy people who doesn't Grinchy. like Christmas music. Who I like doesn't Christmas like that. Music. That is a lie. You and my husband are the same way. You're like, play it one day a year, and I'll enjoy it. And I'm like, no, I will play it in July when it was meant to be played. <laughs> July through <laughs> December, no. and then December Absolutely through June. Not. No, the problem is, is that I I am a former long-time suffering retail employee you, oh, who has oh, had to like, no, oh, no, 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 please. I am if a retail listen, employee. If you listen to that song employee. for eight hours on repeat for a month every year, you would hate that song. Too. I am a veteran. I am a veteran retail employee and I have dealt with that song. And you know what I did? I loved it. So the I'm Beatles, going to keep The Beatles it. children's Christmas album. I'm I will the, never enjoy the Beatles listen, again. I like I like um uh well no I don't like I don't like that song with Yoko Ono. What's that uh what's you're, the what is fucking that fucking Christmas me. song? I am um, officially team Rolling Stones, don't ask me. Rolling Stones. Do yeah. they hate Yoko Ono? Well, no, it's just there was a big there's a big deal for for a lot of people it's you either like the Beatles or the Rolling Stones. It's not both. Mm. I mean, I like the Beatles, and I like the Rolling Stones. I, I like certain I, songs. I don't like labels. It's Thanksgiving, and we're doing <laughs> <laughs> So we went off on a Christmas tangent because Pissy has a one-track mind from July 4th I on. I like Christmas. I'm like Oprah Winfrey. I'm like, I love bread. Uh, I, <laughs> I like shortbread. Oh, shortbread cookies. Yes, I'm so it is excited. almost time for me to make shortbread cookies, and you just called me a Grinch. You are a Grinch. I'm not a Grinch. <laughs> you are the Grinchiest Grinch that ever. I Grinched. made myself a a handmade Advent calendar last year, and I don't even celebrate Advent. I just like getting things every day. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like an Advent calendar. By the way, the Yoko Ono song is "So This Is Christmas," and I'm pretty sure it's her and John Lennon. It's like "So This Is Christmas," and what have you done? I'm like, what have you done? Shut up, bitch! Like, <laughs> leave me alone. She's like, I broke up the Beatles. So, so. judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> I broke up the highest ranking rock and roll group of the of the 20th century. What have you done? What are your accomplishments, Pissy Miles? <laughs> Fuck you. No. Um, I do. I love I love the Beatles and I love uh I love uh the Rolling Stones. And I'll even say there are some Yoko Ono songs that I do enjoy. I don't hate Yoko Ono. I I tease her, but I, I don't I hate have her. no strong opinion on Yoko Ono whatsoever. I think she's fine. She's whatever. She's she's one of those like weird artists. She was I there was a video not that long ago of that of her that was like making its way across Facebook and it was like her doing a quote unquote concert at an art showing and literally like the music's playing and she's standing by the microphone she's like preparing and then she opens her mouth and she just goes ah and starts screaming and you're like what is happening Yoko Ono my goodness if you haven't seen the video you have to go watch it it's fucking hysterical now that you're deaf and heard none of that Listen, it was funny. I liked the video. It was funny. Um, but before we get too far into Christmas, which yeah. will be coming very soon. No, uh, it won't. It's a month away. It's all, it's uh, it's Thanksgiving. I know. It's a month from now. It's Christmas. Well, this episode is coming out on Thanksgiving, so technically next week is starting our Christmas season. Okay, but it is Thanksgiving <laughs> today, which means Christmas Day is a month from now. <laughs> Okay, but you don't just celebrate Christmas on Christmas. It is the month of December and November and half of October. Not half of October. Under no circumstances, parts of October. Uh, Black Christmas, Krampus, 
I'm arguing that those Christmas are those are films. That, no, I, I am going to go on record, and I don't even care if I get arrested for saying this. If you put out Christmas decorations before Halloween in a store on your front lawn, I will personally, personally find you. And make you take them down by force if necessary. Well, good luck taking down my Christmas decorations because I will. I have the. Well, I've you didn't put them up before Halloween, so you're fine. I'm like Linda Belcher. I start decorating the tree at like Fourth of July. Oh my God. <laughs> Little babies. You're just trying to get a shout out from John Roberts on Twitter. So again. The, uh, listen, I did. I got a shout. I know. Out from John I said Roberts again on Instagram, and it was the best day of my life. I posted a picture the first Christmas that David and I were in our current apartment. We got uh, a tree and we put it up and I posted it and I said uh, I put I just put the tagline Who wants Bailey's and I put oh and God. I posted the picture on Instagram and I tagged John Roberts and he put, he posted on the <laughs> image he was like Look at that tree and I was like Yes I remember because you told everyone on Facebook and I got super confused because there was a bunch of stuff happening at the Supreme Court at the time and I'm like Why did this, why did why Justice Roberts? Why did John Justice? Roberts. Why did Chief Justice John Roberts <laughs> like your fucking Instagram photo? And then I remembered that there are other people in the world with that extremely generic guy name. Yes, but, but this like, John Roberts is my favorite one. Well, yes, he's clearly superior to Chief Justice John Roberts in every way. In every single way. <laughs> if nothing else, again, he voices Linda Belcher. <laughs> but, um, I'm right. I'm but, right. Like, <laughs> Um, but back to Thanksgiving. This is our Thanksgiving episode, and we are actually the breaking the mold. Sauce, we're mashed <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for loving me. <laughs> Thank you for being there. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Um, this is our Thanksgiving episode, and we are breaking the mold a little bit today. We are doing our first true crime discussion. Yes, we are. Now, we are not – I want to make very clear, this is not a true crime episode episode, this is a true crime discussion because we are talking about uh, a topic that is true crime, but we are not, this is not an educational podcast. We yeah, are an no, entertainment don't, podcast. Don't like write any papers for your criminology class based off of this. Like we're not, we're, we will be talking about some hard facts, but like we're not gonna. And all of our hard facts will be wrong. Truly exhaust. They will not be wrong because I did exhaustive research today in the last three hours. <laughs> I did exhaustive uh, watching you research for the yes, last Yes, and you were, you were really good at it. I was very good at it. Most, I'm a very talented observer. You, you were, <laughs> mostly you bitched about DoorDash. Well, <laughs> to be fair, DoorDash fucking blows. And I'm going on record, uh, from here on, I am going on record saying DoorDash fucking blows. Fuck DoorDash. Fuck their CEO. Fuck their CEO's mom. Fuck their CEO's dog. Fuck every person who drives for... If you drive for DoorDash, turn this podcast off and go home. Fuck you. I hate DoorDash. Up and down. I will I will never, ever endorse DoorDash ever again. Well, there's one more sponsorship opportunity gone. Oh, no. no well, I'll take Shutter and leave DoorDash. <laughs> Fuck DoorDash. This bitch had the fucking nerve to text me and tell this me she wasn't going to park outside. Don't talk over me. I'm complaining. <laughs> I, this bitch told me she wasn't going to bring my food to me upstairs in my apartment. She refused to park, lied to me that there was no parking because I could see her from my apartment, and left my fucking food on the floor in my lobby of my building. And I, if I believed in owning guns, that would have been the moment. <laughs> Which is an excellent reason. <laughs> God, I would We're have not even fucking killed her. Oh my God. So it's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving, <laughs> and we're so thankful for DoorDash. 
So it's Thanksgiving, and we're, we're doing our first true crime episode, and what are we, about 20 minutes in now? Um, <laughs> and we haven't even told you the topic. Um, so... <laughs> As we've said for a couple things where we're talking about sort of more serious topics, we're going to lean into this again and say, um, we are going to try to make this funny. Um, and if you have any ethical dilemmas about laughing about th- terrible things that have actually happened to other people, we do want to preface this by saying that we will not obviously be making fun of any victims of crime or anything like that, but we will be making fun of the perpetrator. Yeah, because, because <laughs> honestly, here's the thing. It, 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 there are other podcasts like this where they talk about very sensitive issues, but the way we cope with with craziness and uh, disgusting behavior is by making light of the behavior, not by making light of the people who suffered through it. And that is what we will be doing today on this episode. We will be making fun of one of the most notorious serial killers in American history. Yeah, and someone who really, truly deserves... To be made fun of. Um, oh, yeah. He was a <laughs> fucking whack job. Um, without further ado, if you have a problem with the idea that we're going to be making jokes about Jeffrey Dahmer today, <laughs> this might not be the episode for you, and you might want to wait until next week to listen. Yeah, this so, might be your cue to, to bow <laughs> out. You know, we might yeah. be talking about some, some graphic violence and some very <laughs> uh, crazy behavior, so please feel yeah, free to like, absolutely. skip this one if that's not your, your cup of tea. Off the wall. But uh, I do... I do <laughs> It was a very interesting, when we were sitting there going, what should we do for Thanksgiving? <laughs> and we were like, well, there's the obvious choice. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. Nice. <laughs> um, no, we, so we hope you're on your way to like your in-law's house right now and you're thinking about like all the sausage stuffing and all of the like sweet potato pie and all of the other like delicious things you're going to eat. <laughs> so we're going to talk to you about the cannibal of Milwaukee. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the fucking psycho cannibal of Milwaukee, Jeffrey Dahmer, the infamous. Mm. And you know what's funny? We were talking about this earlier, how um, I feel like a lot of the podcasts that we listen to, you and I listen to a lot of tr- true crime podcasts. Yes, we do. And we a lot of the podcasts that I listen to don't have episodes about Jeffrey Dahmer. And one of the things we had agreed upon is that I feel like everyone thinks that the topic is so discussed that they don't want to do an episode on it. But then you go through these podcasts and you're like, nobody has talked about it. <laughs> um, I actually, in in doing research for this today, um, ended up downloading a book off of Audible to listen to because I could not find an episode on Jeffrey Dahmer on what I would consider to be a, a reputable or credible um, true crime podcast that I enjoy, and that's um, not to say that there aren't. And that's not to say that there aren't, but, <laughs> but I, we I did not find it. Like in in my top five, six places that I generally look for it, I couldn't find one. Yeah, um, because and I I do think it's that people just think it's like everyone knows the story of Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, but I think you'd be surprised how few people know the actual, and not that the details are really something everyone needs to know, but. No, and um, the pictures are online, and I would are strongly really? advise against. Um, yeah, no, a lot of the Polaroids that he took of his victims in various states of decomposition and things like that are and available like, online. Why would you and share that? I would strongly urge you <laughs> not, not to search to go look for at that. Them. Yeah, because it's, um, I, I have, I did not actually know that they were there, and that, that to me is so exploitative to share images of. of I um, people in that state. I had originally seen them um, when I was a student at Rutgers. I was a criminal justice major, and I had mm-hmm. seen them 
as part of a class. But that makes sense. Which as in, a learning in, in, in tool. A, in an academic setting, it makes sense to have those things available. Yeah. But yeah, no, in doing research today, I did stumble across them again. <laughs> um, um, rather unwittingly, and they are extremely disturbing. So I would I would really highly like recommend that you not go looking for them. Yeah, I don't but, think among <laughs> his talents were a uh, photographer. Um, I, 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 I mean, we could talk about his sense of composition and scale if you want to, but I, I don't think that his it's composition really, was a I bit mean, fucked he was, up. He, he was using Polaroids, so it's not exactly what an idiot. He said, "Oh um, God, it's not." Jeffrey know, Dahmer is just or was one of those people where it's like. Your mother <laughs> must be <What? laughs> like. I can you imagine being Jeffrey Dahmer's mother? Um, no, I can't. Um, especially when you've heard some of the things she's yeah, said. Yes, espe- especially when I've when I know a little bit about Joyce. Um, <laughs> Hello, Joyce. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> or his father, for that matter, who's who's been very open about his experience as Jeffrey Dahmer's father. His father's name is Lionel. Which um, is, I don't know why it strikes me so funny. That I think it's because of the trains. I honestly think it's the trains. Lionel Twain. <laughs> um, that is from a movie called Murder by Death. Which if you haven't seen it, you should absolutely go fucking watch um, it. Um, there's something funny about the name Lionel, especially when you apply it to like someone as strange. Like Jeffrey's middle name was Lionel. Yes. And so it's like Jeffrey Lionel, Lionel Dahmer. Dahmer. And it's like, it sounds so proper. And then you're like... But he's Jeffrey Dahmer. What, what, where did this come from? I mean, it's one of those things in, like, not to put the cart before the horse and talk about, like, pop culture a little bit before we get into it, but, like, the name Jeffrey Dahmer, to me, like, I can't think of anything. Like, like obviously, yeah, no, I'm going to think of the serial killer because that's the only person in the world I'm aware of who's named Jeffrey Dahmer. But, like, even just hearing the last name Dahmer, it's, like, instant recall to, like, Injecting hydrochloric acid into people's frontal lobes. Yeah, and I mean, like, Dahmer is one of those names that is not, it's like it's Casey. Like, it's, it's like you, you could, could never, never ever have this last name again. Yeah, like, and it's it's it reminds me of those people who tried to name their children like Adolf after like well after World yeah. War Two, and you're like, but and I'm talking like Americans, not not Germans. Yeah, and not necessarily in honor of. I mean, who knows? I, I think to I mean, a lot of people it was like German a sick family. joke. I mean, I'm sure there are also many German families in which Adolf is, you know, a pretty common ancestral name. It's not like, I mean, he was essentially named, you know. John. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> I, I know. Not like it was but I'm saying in, a, in America, it <laughs> is not, it, it has not been a common no. name for someone to be named Adolf. And it's like, you hear stories now about people trying to go to... Uh, like a store and have a cake made for their son Adolf, and the yeah. store is like, I don't, yeah. I don't really know if I want to do this. And I, I imagine that's what it must be like to have the last name Dahmer in America now. I, I, I would have to imagine. I would, I would think certainly. Um, if if I had been born with that last name, I probably would have changed it at, at like the minute I turned eighteen. But um, just because I, I would imagine it's not really fun to go through school with the last name like Dahmer anymore. But um, <laughs> I wonder if. It, I, and not that I want to spend much time learning, but uh, there is a there's a part of me that wonders like, did he have like cousins and things that? Well, his younger brother um, changed his name. I would assume so. Um, and I don't know what his new name is, and no one should really go looking for it. It's yeah, I'm his not privacy really interested. Nice. Like this poor this poor guy, he didn't do anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, um, 
Just for the record, before I jump in, most of these facts came from a the Wikipedia article, because this is an academically sourced podcast. <laughs> we're, we're very intellectual. We are. We're college graduates. Academic rigor. And um, <laughs> a book by Jack Rosewood called Jeffrey Dahmer, A Terrifying True Story of Rape, Murder, and Cannibalism. Um, it is available on Audible, and I assume also on Amazon, since Amazon owns everything. Was the book good? I mean, yes. Um, I actually, I listened to it on Audible, um, and the the narrator, David White, was very good. I do um, like Audible. I think it's a good service. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy it um, as well. But <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? I'm laughing because in the first episode of this podcast, you said you hated Audible. I, I don't hate them. I just hate their business model. I think it's a great service. I just wish that I'm like, I'm like one book a month. I listen to this in like three days. That's okay. This one was only three hours long, so it's a, it's a nice, easy listen and still shorter than the overview. It's only three hours long? Yeah, it's only like a three-hour long book. It's a seven-page book. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> so in 1978, Jeffrey Dahmer was 18. He murdered fellow 18-year-old Stephen Hicks, who he met hitchhiking. He brought him back to his parents' house, got him drunk, and hit him over the head with a 10-pound dumbbell. He then dismembered his corpse and scattered his remains in the wooded area behind his parents' house. Um, his father sent him to OSU for one semester. He failed out with a less than one GPA, which is incredible. <laughs> less than one. Yes, he passed riflery, and that's it. <laughs> that, I'm not what even a, making that up. What a great talent. <laughs> like, Jeffrey I didn't even Dahmer. know that was a class you could take at college, but apparently what he didn't college? Really well. It was Trump University. It Where was, did he go? <laughs> it was Ohio State University. <laughs> Let's go... Buckeyes? I think it's Buckeyes. I Buckeyes. could be getting that wrong. I'm going to get a bunch of I angry. Like, I it, have no I don't idea. Even know. You're asking the wrong person. You could have told um, me they were the fish eyes. I'd be like, sure, go ahead. I love the is fish Is it the Buckeyes? Eyes. Okay, Sarah's giving me the thumbs up. I got that right. Buckeyes. Okay, um, go Buckeyes. <laughs> my very limited college football knowledge. I, 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 I know that Rutgers is terrible. That's oh, basically it. Oh, the, um, the Scarlet Knights, right? Is it the Scarlet Knights? It is the Scarlet Knights. Yeah! Dad would somewhere dad is listening to this and, and now crying we're, tears we're, of joy. We're sticking like a dead fish in the Big Ten instead of the biggies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um completely off topic. But anyway, um he failed out of OSU. He enlisted in the army. Um he was in the army for looks like one, two years. He was discharged from the honor army with an honorable discharge because he was getting drunk. So honorable. Um, I may have failed to mention this earlier. He'd been a functional alcoholic since the age of fourteen. Um, <laughs> Go Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> he was sneaking liquor into high school and like drinking it openly in class. He was he was a fun kid. Same. Um, I'm getting. <laughs> I said same. Oh, I, I thought you said sa- I thought you said my name. I'm I'm like okay, relax, pissy. Um. So anyway, he got dishonorably he no he got honorably discharged from the military. I have to remind myself that it's the bad one. <laughs> in this case. Yeah. <laughs> um, he moved to Miami Beach. Um, he lost his job in his apartment there because, again, drunk as a skunk 90% of the time. Good for Jeff. Um, he moved back in with his father in Ohio, still drinking. His father kicked him out because of the drinking. Um, and then finally he moved to Milwaukee to live with his grandmother. And then he killed again. His second victim was Stephen Toomey. Jeffrey beat him to death with his bare hands in a room at the Ambassador Hotel in Milwaukee. He put his body in a suitcase and took it back to his grandmother's house to dismember it. He kept Toomey's skull for two weeks. 
the at the Ambassador Hotel in case anyone was on Travelocity this morning looking to book a trip to Milwaukee. <laughs> Somebody was just about to hit send, and they were like, <laughs> <laughs> "They're like, what room number?" <laughs> <laughs> because I would like to request not that. <laughs> yeah, any, anything but that. <laughs> it is non-smoking, though. I'm sure. Would you stay um, in a in a room in a hotel or motel that you knew someone had been murdered in? I um I I I think it would depend on the hotel. And the murder. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Bates. If, if, the if, Bates Motel. The Bates Motel. <laughs> no, I would not. Um, the Ambassador Hotel. I'm sure if it's still around is a lovely place, and I'm I'm sure I would be perfectly happy to stay there, but probably not in the room where he beat Steve Toomey to death. Um, <clears throat> if nothing else, like you know, they only change the linens out every like, yeah, you know. twelve years. I'm gonna get sued by the Ambassador Hotel. Okay, <laughs> it's like our cleaning staff is exemplary and very dedicated. We just haven't bought new sheets since 1987. <laughs> no, but, um, <clears throat> but they're all clean. But they're all clean. They're just old. Um, they're like us, clean but old. God, I'm not clean. <laughs> <laughs> but you are old. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, back to the incredibly serious topic at hand. Two months later, he drugs and strangles 14-year-old James Dockstetter in his grandmother's basement. He again keeps his skull for a short period. While living with his grandmother, Dahmer drugs and strangles one more victim whose name is Richard Guerrero. By the same method, he then dismembers him. Mm-hmm. Um, after his grandmother asks him to move out because her basement is starting to smell and she's tired of these young men being brought in all hours of the night, <laughs> Jeffrey is almost immediately arrested for groping and molesting a 13-year-old boy. <clears throat> he is convicted. Hooray. And moves back in with his grandmother during the period between his conviction and his sentencing. While there, he drugs and strangles Anthony Sears, whose head and genitals he places in a jar of acetone, and keeps in his work locker for the duration of his one-year county jail sentence, during which he is granted work release privileges. You gotta give him, when he sets his mind to something, he really sticks to it. (laughs) Um, For those of you who may be unaware of what that term means, it means basically he was living at the county jail, but... They dropped him off and picked him up from work every day so he wouldn't lose his job. How nice of them. <laughs> um, that job would be at the Ambrosia Chocolate Factory for anyone who is curious. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, after he is paroled two months early for model behavior, he finds an apartment on North 25th Street in Milwaukee in 1990 where he begins killing more frequently. In this apartment, he drugs and strangles Raymond Smith, Edward Smith, Ernest Miller, David Thomas, and Curtis Strotter in 1990 and 1991. Later on in 1991, he makes his first attempt to make his next victim, Errol Lindsay, into a living zombie. He does that by drugging him, drilling a hole in his skull, and injecting hydrochloric acid into his brain. Lindsay woke up a few hours after that, complaining of a headache and confused as to where he was. Dahmer strangled and dismembered him. His next victim is Tony Hughes, who is a deaf man who Dahmer met at a gay bar. He drugs and strangles him in his apartment. On May 27th, and this one is, I would argue, the most upsetting story of the bunch, (laughs) um... Dahmer decides to try his experiment again, this time on 14-year-old Conrack Synthesymphone, who, in a very weird twist of fate, is the younger brother of the boy that he was that Dahmer was sent to prison for groping and molesting earlier, which is the craziest coincidence in true family. crime like, that what I have ever heard nightmare. in my life. Seriously. <laughs> like, that, that poor, <clears throat> poor family. Like, I, I'll let you keep going. But, um, <laughs> d- just in the interest of fleshing it out a little bit, D- Dahmer insists that he did not 
realized that and didn't hunt the boy on purpose, which sounds completely incredible to me, but... (laughs) Um, <clears throat> he brings him back to his apartment. He drugged him. Um, again, he drilled a hole into his skull and injected hydrochloric acid into the frontal lobe of his brain. After that, Dahmer drank a few beers and then went to a local bar to get further drunk. <clears throat> he returned several hours later um, and found Synthesim phone standing on the stoop of his apartment building talking to three women who had called the police as the boy was naked and bleeding. You know, that's what you do. Rational human beings. Um, Dahmer told the police when they arrived that the boy was his 19-year-old boyfriend and that they were having a fight. And this is where things And he get... said that he was drunk, right? Yes, he, he said, said that, that he was, that was drunk and that's why he was confused. For, yeah. um, this is where things get a little ragey. Um, <clears throat> the police officers John, John Balzerak and Joe Gabrish... Balzerak. Yeah, his name sounds sus- suspiciously like Ballsack, doesn't it? <laughs> Maybe it's because he is one. And he resembles one, one yes. Um, <laughs> put a blanket around Synthesim phone and walked him back to Dahmer's apartment where they noted a foul odor but did not investigate it any further. Great job, guys. <laughs> and told the, the women who had, he had and, been talking yeah, to to butt to, out. To butt out and leave it be. Um, because the women tried to intervene and prevent them from doing that because rational people, um, <laughs> after they leave, Dahmer locks the door and injects synthesis phone a second time with acid. This injection kills him. He then dismembers the body. Um, Dahmer murders four more men in this apartment, Matt Turner, Jeremiah Weinberger, Oliver Lacey, and Joseph Bradoft. All four are drugged and strangled. Um, Only Jeremiah Weinberger is subjected to the zombie experiment. Um, This time, Dahmer attempts it with boiling water instead of acid. Can't imagine that that would go much better. Um, (laughs) Clearly, it didn't. Um, In 1991, just a short time after that, um, Dahmer is finally arrested. Finally. Seriously, finally. (laughs) Arrested after an intended victim, Tracy Edwards, flags down two Milwaukee police officers after he escaped Dahmer's apartment in handcuffs. He leads them back to the apartment to get the key to release him, and while at the apartment, the officers discover the knife that Dahmer used to threaten Edwards, as well as a stack of Polaroids of decomposing bodies that have clearly been taken in the apartment they're standing in. These officers, thank whatever higher power you ascribe to, arrest Dahmer and take him to the police station, where in 60 hours of interrogation and interviews, Dahmer admits to 17 murders and acts of necrophilia. Since Dahmer has admitted to the crimes, his trial is not to determine his guilt, but rather whether or not he could legitimately invoke an insanity plea. (laughs) It almost seems silly that he wouldn't be able to, but at the same time, I'm I'm like... (laughs) There's a quote from John Wayne Gacy, who was already in prison at the time when this happened, um, who basically said, if Jeffrey Dahmer isn't crazy, then who the fuck is? Yeah. And it's like, I hate to agree with, with John, John Wayne Gacy, Gacy <laughs> of all people, but um, he may have had a point in this particular instance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> after days of expert testimony on both sides, juries in both Wisconsin and Ohio found him legally competent. Um, there is a big difference between legally competent and like clinically insane, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that a little later. Um, he was convicted on 15 counts of murder in Wisconsin and one in Ohio for the murder of Stephen Hicks in 1978. Um, the Wisconsin district attorney elected not to charge Dahmer with the death of his second victim because there was no trace of Stephen Toomey's body and Dahmer did not actually recall killing him. So apparently if you don't remember beating someone to death, 
but admit to stuffing his body in a suitcase and dismembering it, that doesn't count. But I don't remember driving through the red light. You can't give me a I only ticket. remember hitting the pedestrian in the crosswalk. I don't remember any of it. It's not a moving violation if I've run my car into a tree. The, tr- the car is stopped. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, so since there was no death penalty in either Wisconsin or, or Ohio at the time of the trial, Jeffrey Dahmer was sentenced to 16 life sentences. He was sent to Columbia Correctional Institution in Portage, Wisconsin, and placed in the general population in 1994, which sounded like a great idea. <laughs> On a work detail with two other inmates, Dahmer was beaten to death by Christopher Scarver in the showers of the prison gym with a metal bar that he got from a weight set and isn't that's fucking fitting. <laughs> Poetic justice, you mean? <laughs> Dahmer died of his injuries one hour after he was discovered by prison staff. How terrible. The horror. I know. <laughs> so basically, in a nutshell, that is the brief and incredibly disgusting career of Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, we'll get a bit more into detail as we discuss. Pissy thoughts? <laughs> It's one of those stories where, like, you almost don't even know where to begin. It's like, do you start with how fucking nuts he is? Do you start about how crazy the shit he did is? Do you start about how terrible it is for these victims? It's like, there are so many angles to look at this story. It's like, you can't even process something like this. In in the interest of full disclosure, this is the second take we did of this. Um, <laughs> the first time, I, I got into a lot more detail. Um, and it took an hour to get through all 17 victims and the numerous other things he did. Like he was also a serial rapist in the early eighties. Mm-hmm. He was, he was, um, he was date raping men that he met in gay bathhouses. He was slipping them drugs and having sex with them. Like it, it, it's probably raping people who he rape, served in the army with. Yes. Like, like there's, there's just <laughs> like Jeffrey Dahmer is a sack of shit. Between two slices of moldy pumpernickel, he is a shit sandwich. <laughs> and, like, it's just, there, there's... There's as, no shortage of shittiness in, like, in Jeffrey as, Dahmer's life. As we were going through it, it was just, after a while, it just, it felt like it was just this endless litany of horror, and you couldn't be surprised by what was coming next, because everything that had come before it was just so awful. But, like, <laughs> it's, the thing that's most incredible to me, like, as I was doing research as I was listening to the story, is how many times he should have been caught. Well, that was something <laughs> I... When you were telling the story to me earlier, it's like time after time, he just like weasels his way out. And oftentimes, at, at no by no skill of his own, it's just other people's either... Lack of observation or incompetence or or whatever it is. Or complete lack of compassion. Or complete lack of compassion if you're a ball sack. Or a gabberish, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, Because one (laughs) of the things we didn't talk about during that part is that there is a a dispatch recording of those two officers, or at least one of the two officers, talking to the dispatcher about how this was a domestic between an Asian boy, which they laugh at, and his boyfriend, which they laugh at again. And I was like, fuck you, you homophobic sons of bitches. You can die in a fucking fire. You basically killed this kid. Yeah, well, you, like, you are compliant. Like, listen, it's enti- like this, this poor kid had already had hydrochloric acid injected into his brain. Like, the, the odds are good he would have died anyway. Yeah. But you then walked him back to the apartment Into a of torture this monster yeah. without even running his name. Like, you didn't even, like, say, hey, can you check out Jeffrey Dahmer, who was at the time a registered sex offender who had been put in prison for, again, molesting the boy you're talking to's older brother. I like, <laughs> like, I can't even, like... 
It's and like, sh- and should have been a registered pedophile. Like, like, if that came up in a ID discovery show, I would call bullshit. I know. Like, You're, like, it's it's almost unbelievable how ridiculous the situation is in that particular story. And the sad part is that I mean, there are so many problems with that one story, but the other stories are just as fucked up. Like they are just as messed up and ridiculous because so many of the people. It, it's like you were saying earlier. The, there are people of color. There are there's a deaf man who is also a person of color. Yeah. A lot of them may or may not have had ties to doing sex work. It's like these people were were just as legitimate people, but they were just kind of abandoned by everyone around them. Com- completely failed. Failed. By, exactly. By yes. the criminal justice system. Completely. And it's failed. like it's like, guys, what are we doing? Can we put the can we put the solitaire down for like 10 minutes and go pay attention to what crazy Uncle Jeff is doing <laughs> over in the apartments on 25th Street? Like, can somebody please just take a walk through but Milwaukee? It's even it's not even just the cops. Like like when he's living with his grandmother, there there's a story I didn't tell in here. Um he he picked up a, a man named Ronald Flowers. Um, when he was living with his grandmother and he was going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And after he drugged him, his his grandmother called up the stairs to him like, Jeffrey, is that you? <laughs> and he I pressed pen- a button on the television. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do with this remote control? It's he- not working, Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey? <laughs> he panicked because he didn't want her to find out that he was killing people. So he took this heavily drugged man to the ER, dropped him off and drove away and when this man came to and explained to the police what had happened, they completely dismissed it. They were like, oh, it's just it's it's just a, a gay domestic dispute and you don't even really remember where his apartment is. Oh, well, I guess we don't really need to look, do we? <laughs> like, you just run along, silly faggot. It'll be fine. And it's like, you could have caught him then. And he'd only killed two people, I think, at that point. Two or maybe three. Like, yeah. he kills 14 more people because you decided yeah. not to talk to anybody about what you had been told. Like, and it's like, his grandmother doesn't, like, his grandmother eventually asked him to move out because there's smells coming from the basement. <laughs> like, <laughs> Granny Dahmer, did you go down there? <laughs> did you go downstairs and, and, like, check the sheets? Did you do anything? Did you do any laundry today, Grandma Dahmer? It's so stupid. And the people... It's his. It's his family. It's his mother. It's his father. The only person who I feel bad for is like we were saying before his his brother because his brother really had nothing to do with nothing any of to this. do with it. And, and all of these other people. Not that I. It's so hard because I don't want to say it's not their fault. Like Jeffrey Dahmer killed people. Jeffrey yeah, Dahmer no, is responsible it's, it's for not, that. We're but, not trying to take the blame from him. Yeah, but but, it, but it's just so infuriating that these people would not be it's like no one was paying attention to this but it's not even like again after he goes to prison and is on work release he had a man's head and genitals in a jar of acetone in his work locker (laughs) at the ambrosia chocolate factory and (laughs) nobody thought to look in they know he's in prison. They they know that he's there for like molesting a child. Like no one did a locker check. That's like, what nobody I'm saying. checked. Nobody looked at his stuff. He's a parolee. Like, like do, doesn't he have to report to someone? Don't they check his work? Like if he's going in and out of this his, one place besides prison, shouldn't that place be under great scrutiny? <laughs> both of his probation officers never visited him at his home. That he had to report to them. I think it was something like once a month. They never did a home check. 
Like, because if they had, they would have found a 57-gallon drum filled with three human torsos and hydrochloric acid. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's like... How I, did he get hydrochloric acid? I mean, he ordered it online, I guess. I don't know. Can you do that? No, there was no internet in 1970. <laughs> <laughs> I was not even thinking. You could have been no. like, oh, he ordered it on SkyMall. I'd have been like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I believe he was buying it from a, from a chemistry supply store. In Milwaukee. That's insane. Uh, do you think that he had access to it because he is a, a former medical tech? Because I he mean, was a phlebotomist? I don't think so because he wasn't doing those jobs anymore. So it's not like he could have like easily stolen it. I think he would have had to purchase it somewhere. It's just one of those things where it's like, like I'm, not I'm that sure I'm actually could, curious. We could but probably fact check this and find it out. I'm, I'm sure gonna... that you could find out where it came from. At this point, the story has been scrutinized, <laughs> I'm sure. But it's it's like... Uh, sometimes I listen to these stories and I'm like, how did they even think to get their hands on this shit? And you're, it's absolutely right. This was before the internet. It wasn't like you could like go online and be like, where do I get hydrochloric acid? You had no, to but, know where to go to get it. I mean, he was living in a, in a major city and I'm, I'm sure – like there are, there are also – there are many legitimate uses of hydrochloric acid. Like the, <laughs> the guy who, who he finally got caught with walked, walked into his apartment, noted a foul odor, saw several boxes of hydrochloric acid on the floor <laughs> – and someone finally went, red flag alert. And Dahmer told him he used it to clean bricks. Like, I don't know if that's a normal use of hydrochloric acid, but that's what he said. So it's like, like he's walking around town sprinkling it on the sidewalk. Yeah, like he's just walking around with a spritzer bottle and a scrub brush. Going like, this, this, this brick looks a little dirty. He's I'm gonna... such a concerned citizen yeah, no, of he Milwaukee. Was just, he was just, you know, he was just, he you know, bro- he, he subscribed heavily to the broken windows theory and was just cleaning up his neighborhood. Oh, no, Jesus but, Christ. What? And it's like... In what world are these like legitimate answers to people? If someone told me I use it to clean brick, I'm like, you live in a in a building that has no brick. Like, what are you doing, Jeff? Listen, there is a part of me that like I I want to have compassion for these people because on the one hand, like if I interrupted a creepy dude with someone I didn't think he should be with, <laughs> and he turned to me and went, I use it to clean bricks. <laughs> Like I'd be like your total comes to twenty six fifty, and I get the fuck out of there. I, I, I don't think that I would necessarily stay and like press him on it. Yeah, but I'd probably call the police after. You know, be like this felt a little. Well, but sketchy. I think uh, uh, to be fair, because we're both I know. making light of the situation, I do think that he he was detained after he asked those questions, right? What or do you no? Mean? Well, no, because Tracy Edwards escaped. That was Tracy. Tracy, was, Tracy Edwards is the last guy he tried to kill. No, but that's what I'm saying. Car. He was detained. He was arrested after that. No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm Tracy Edwards <laughs> was detained by Jeffrey yes, Dahmer yes, in no, the apartment. No, he handcuffed him. No, yes. no. I'm not saying that Tracy Edwards made a mistake. He absolutely didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, apart from going there in the first place, he didn't make any mistakes. But <laughs> and that was an understandable mistake. I mean, this time he offered $100 instead of $50. we will get into that, too. <laughs> Oh, most so <laughs> nice of him to up his <laughs> up his offer. <laughs> most of the people he got back to his apartment, um, he offered them fifty dollars to take nude photos for him, um, and it was always fifty dollars. It was consistently fifty dollars, <laughs> and like it's nineteen ninety one. That's still cheap. That's still cheap. Like <laughs> for a and, fake encounter, it's and you cheap. have no intention of paying them. So why not offer them anything? I know like, you could have been like, "Here, take my teeth." I didn't have anything. <laughs> you could have offered them literally. Well, anything. that's a special. 
<laughs> especially morbid considering. Well, maybe his teeth are made of gold. I don't know. He, he could have offered them literally anything. He could have been like, you can have my house. I don't care. Whatever. But And, and he's offering them $50. Like, yeah, what a fucking bucks. cheapskate. Jeffrey Dahmer was a cheapskate, and I want that to go on the record. That's, that, that is the worst thing about Jeffrey Dahmer. Let's <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, clearly. But, clearly. Um, As 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 I was doing research for this, one of the one of the other things that kind of struck me is like if you know anything about um, profiling, if you watch Mindhunter, you know if you've read a single John Douglas book, like you're you're going to note some disparities between Mister Dahmer and conventional wisdom regarding what serial killers do. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer, to our knowledge, never killed small animals when he was a child, though he was obsessed with their corpses. Um, he picked up roadkill. Which he, is a bit telling. It, it is, but it's not animal abuse, which is weird. Like, like mm. generally speaking... If you're going to grow into a killer, yeah, you're going you, to start early on animals. Yeah, you're, you're, you're generally your first experience with violence or killing something is going to be a small animal, which mm-hmm. in Jeffrey's case wasn't the case. His first kill was a human being a person at 18 yeah. years old <clears throat> and i'm curious i don't know if do, i don't know if you know the answer to this but did did jeffrey dahmer like wet the bed or um there's no record of him having done that and to our knowledge he never lit fires either which are the three uh those are the mcdonald triad yeah the three telltale signs of a serial killer my mcdonald triad is uh Vanilla shake. Chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets and yeah. french fries. <laughs> no shot. <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. Honey mustard or sweet and sour sauce on those? Oh, uh, no. We do the, the sweet and tangy barbecue oh, okay. sauce. All right. Oh, Heathen it's delicious. honey mustard. I got all a 20 way. piece. Oh, it's delicious. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> My doctor's listening to this going, and we're cutting that out. <laughs> Let's talk about this on Monday. Yeah. Um, Does your doctor listen to the podcast? God, I hope not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have so much to talk to her about. I th- I think that is one of the things that really struck me about Jeffrey Dahmer is that he is not he is not conventionally. What's the word I'm looking for? He does not fit a lot of the characteristics that are normally associated with the st- the stereotypical serial killer. Yeah, no, he doesn't fit the standard profile no, at all. No, not at all. Um, for starters, um, most of his victims are um, ethnic minorities. They're, they're black, they're Asian. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer was white, and that's extremely unusual for serial mm-hmm. killers to choose victims from outside their own ethnic group. Um, <clears throat> so it, it's like you're saying, it is very unusual for someone who is a serial killer to kill outside their race. And most often serial killers are white men. <laughs> so it, most often. It, it, it's very unusual that he was killing people of, of other ethnicities, right? It's, it's extremely unusual. Um, even like, if you look at like the Atlanta child murderers, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> murders, not murderers, there was only one, um, <laughs> Initially, there was a there was a lot of pressure, we'll say, on the investigation to tie it to white supremacy, which is still entirely possible. But when John Douglas got to Atlanta um, and he sort of applied what they had learned through interviewing other serial killers, he's like, no, our suspect is probably black because all of the victims are, mm-hmm. which is how they found Mr. Williams. Um, <clears throat> well, not how, but part of the reason they part were looking for him, him in the yeah. first place. But, it, um, it definitely <clears throat> led to his arrest. Yes. And with with Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, do you? Th- I, I don't know. You did a lot more research on this than I did. 
Do you think a lot more than was probably necessary. <laughs> probably necessary. <laughs> a lot more than will allow me to sleep. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna be laying in bed at night staring at the ceiling. Um, did you find that uh, that was relevant to to why he killed them? I I don't think so. I mean, it's there's there's a lot of sort of other evidence around him that suggests that. Um, in addition to being a general shit sandwich, he was also a racist shit sandwich. Mm. But um, it doesn't really jive with his motive. That's what I was going to say, because like, his motive was that he was attracted to these people. Yeah, and that he wanted to sort of possess them completely. Yeah. And that's why he killed them. But I don't understand why he would want to possess something that he... Had a prejudice that against. That he hated yeah. thoroughly. But... I, I mean, I believe it's completely possible that it's both. I was going to say, there but is like, a power <laughs> element and the idea of, like, he's literally turning these people into sex slaves, and there is absolutely racism when it comes to slavery. Well, yeah. So uh, I, I, I wouldn't say that that's a completely unreasonable you thing know, to say I, that he was probably also racist. I, I wouldn't say that it would be completely unrelated, but it just, I think there's, there's a certain level of... Um, there's a certain level of hurdle to jump to get to it, sort of. Just just because, again, like it, it just seems odd that he would choose that victim class if hmm. what he constantly says it like like there's um <clears throat> there's there's one victim I, I believe it's David Thomas that um he murder that he drugged realized he wasn't attracted to mm-hmm. strangled him so he couldn't talk. And then completely disposed of his body without keeping anything. And referred and said later that he felt rotten about that murder. Or, no, sorry, that was a different one. He said that that one was a waste because he killed someone basically and got nothing out of it. And, and it's, it's not like, even that I killed someone for no reason or that yeah. I killed this particular person. Like, that I killed someone. It wasn't the loss it's of an innocent life. I didn't get yeah. anything for it. Yeah. And it, again, speaks to the fucking monstrosity that is Jeffrey Dahmer. Shit sandwich. I I have kind of a question for you that uh, this is something because you have always been I've said this before you have always been like my personal serial killer encyclopedia because you have like you have like oh, an encyclopedia stop. knowledge of these things no you no I know That's you fine. and I have always had a a fascination with true crime and and understanding these things but you have a way of like remembering and retaining um information about them that I just don't and I was curious why do you think what is your take on why Jeffrey Dahmer is so prolific? I mean, he's prolific because no one manages to catch him. Like it, it, it's mm-hmm. like <laughs> it's like he's basically like running around carrying a red flag stand on his back, and nobody notices. <laughs> but it's like he has a post on his forehead that's like, like "I kill people," like, I and kill everyone's people, like, "Oh, and, and that's nobody, strange." Nobody did anything. Uh, I mean, I think he's he's mostly prolific due to again that complete lack of compassion for at the time um, victims of color, victims mm-hmm. who were gay, um, victims who were <laughs> young or possibly associated with sex work. We don't know always. the people who live on the fringes. You know, the, the the people who lived in the neighborhood where yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer picked his apartment because he knew he was going to be around a bunch of vulnerable people because yeah. he was a predator. And that's not an unusual like, thing. Not at all. A lot of a lot of uh, serial killers and rapists and 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 people who do really fucking terrible things choose where they plant their stake based on what's going to be around them. I mean, sorry. 
I, I, I think that the reason Jeffrey Dahmer is kind of considered, you know, one of the quote unquote heavy hitters mm-hmm. is because the things he did were just so insane and so disgusting. And so it's, it ticks every box. Yeah. Of what any rational human being would look at and go, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever read. Yeah, like, <laughs> the, and that's kind of what I was getting at with the the question about uh, him being prolific. Is that like it's like why is someone like this so intriguing to people? And it really is just this fear of like, my God, I can't believe that there's someone among us who would do these things and who is capable of doing these things that are so beyond one's level of of uh, one's realm of possibility you know and, what i mean and any possible understanding yeah. on top of it it's like when you look at someone like ted bundy like like T- ted bundy's a reasonable comparison here <laughs> but like ted bundy was killing young women because mm-hmm. he liked the way it felt when he killed them like he was he was in it for the thrill of the hunt he was a true predator. He enjoyed the power he had over his victims while he was killing them. He liked to kill them in very personal ways. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not that those things aren't terrible, but there's a certain amount of that that, like, the human imagination can look at that and say, okay, I can understand that motivation. I don't condone it, and I don't feel it but myself. But it makes sense. But it makes logical sense. Yeah. Nothing Jeffrey Dahmer does makes sense. Like, like <laughs> down to the way he does it. It's like, you're like, what in the world possessed you to do this? And on top of it, one of the things we were saying earlier is that he's so non-confrontational. He's like, he's like an amorphous blob just like maneuvering his way through life like a, like a fucking ghostly wind. And you're like, <laughs> what? You're like, who the fuck is this guy? Because he's, he's not. He's a blob he, and a wind. He's a blobish, <laughs> he's a blobish wind. <laughs> Which I I can relate to. Because I had Chinese food for dinner. Um, That's a blob with wind. A blob with wind. <laughs> That's not a Did you just wind. call me a blob? <laughs> you called you a blob. How dare you, I was Sam extending Baxter. your metaphor. How very dare you. You called me old anymore before, bitch. Shut, fuck, shut the fuck up. But I do. I think, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer was one of those people where it's like he was so non-existent. He didn't like confrontation. He always attacked his victims when they were least suspecting it and in the the least in the in the in a way that was like they're not going to come back. It, he attacked them after he drugged them. Like there's no way that he they was, could fight back. He <laughs> He was a complete nobody. Mm-hmm. And he kind of knew it. Like and the thing is, like Jeffrey Dahmer was physically very strong. Like his his hobbies were basically weightlifting and dismembering people. Like he was physically perfectly capable of taking on a grown man or a young boy that was smaller than him. Mm-hmm. But he still chose to drug them and strangle them and make sure that they could not fight back because he was cowardly. I think he was afraid of confrontation. I I think he was too. I think he was a coward and I think it also it did feed into his fantasy about the the you know complete domination of another person. Mm-hmm. And like he made several attempts to kind of achieve that complete submission without killing people, which is one of the reasons why the prosecuting experts at his trial said he wasn't crazy. Um, because like, I think it makes them more crazy. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but this is, this is, this is the thing though. It's if their argument was he knew or he thought 
that he didn't have to kill these people to have what he wanted, but he killed them anyway. So he can't be crazy. I, I, it doesn't make really much sense to me either, but the, the, whole, the whole argument is essentially he knew what he was doing was wrong, tried to find a way to avoid doing it, and then did it anyway, mm. which means he can't be crazy. Um, <clears throat> but, I mean, I would argue trying to turn someone into a zombie by injecting hydrochloric acid into a hole you've drilled in their head is pretty damn crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot to take in. <laughs> but, like, it's... <laughs> It's not legally crazy, I guess. It's probably well, it's it's clinically <laughs> crazy. No. Uh, well, it's clinically crazy, but legally he had every well, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll take a second here. Um, legally insane is a very different concept from the idea of clinically insane. I know, and I get why, but it's it's still like, it's just nonsense. It's like, come it's, on. It's, this is the thing, though. The, the whole idea behind legal insanity is essentially that you were unable to conform your behavior to the demands of the law is the phrase that's used a lot, particularly in the John Gacy trial, if you look at that. But it's, the idea is basically if you cannot control yourself. Your compulsions. You're, like, you have no control over your actions. You're that insane. Then the insanity defense is valid. It's if, the people who say God told them to. It's It's the people who, you know, stab their mother because they, they, they think she's Satan. You know, mm. like it's, it's the people who believe so strongly in a delusion that it becomes their reality and they act out violently. That's a valid use of the insanity defense because they're acting reasonably under unreasonable delusion or expectation or mm -hmm. circumstance. What's happening with Jeff <laughs> is he has these compulsions and then he plans to do it and then he goes and does it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not, and and he it. knows perfectly well that he's killing these people yeah. because he, again, sort of tried not to a couple times. But it's and goes to great lengths to make sure his crimes aren't discovered. Most of um, most of his victims' bodies are only partially recovered if they're recovered at all. Mm -hmm. um, Steve Hicks. That's kind of one of the scarier parts yeah. of Jeffrey Dahmer is that he was. He covered For a functional alcoholic, he was very well. effective at, at disposing um, of, of the evidence against him. And the sad part to me is that that evidence is human remains and those yeah. people deserve to be treated uh, with respect I mean, the, the, far more than he gave the, them. The sad fact of the matter is, is that St Stephen Hicks, his first victim, <laughs> um, after he liquefied him, he smashed his bones with a sledgehammer and scattered tiny pieces all over the woods. Like... They identified him based on, I think they found two teeth and they matched them up with his dental records and that's how they identified his remains. But like they didn't find much else. Yeah. If nothing else, it had been, you know, almost 20, 20 years. years. Yeah. So it's, it's completely insane the level of care he took. To avoid detection. Like he had Which a, kind of is an argument against the insanity it, plea. It's absolutely an argument against <laughs> yeah. the insanity plea and the one that the prosecution used. It's it's you can't argue that he doesn't know right from wrong when he's going to these lengths to hide to what hide he did. It. Yeah. Because he like, knows if he didn't think it was wrong, he wouldn't hide it that well. Like he had a fifty-seven gallon drum of hydrochloric acid in his apartment mm -hmm. with three torsos in it. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. But it's not legally insane. It's only clinically insane. Which is insane to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things that I, I think about when it comes to Jeffrey Dahmer is his, not only his effect on us uh, culturally, but also his effect 
Uh, in terms of media, there's a lot of media surrounding Jeffrey Dahmer, whether it's the video interviews he has he has given or the fictionalized or semi-fictionalized kind of uh, biographical things that have been made about him there and to varying degrees of of uh, success there there was a movie called Dahmer and there was a, a movie called my that. my friend Dahmer uh, which is probably the most famous in recent history uh, iteration yes, of the it's, Jeffrey it's Dahmer based story. on the the graphic novel by um I can't remember. His last name is Bachter, if I don't remember his first name. Uh, yeah, it's and it's um, a guy who who claims to have been friends with Jeffrey Dahmer in high school. And I, I believe that was corroborated by a couple of people. But um, it's, it's an interesting film because it, it only takes us up to kind of the tipping point of the first murder. It's kind of just him in high school. Mm-hmm. So it, it does delve a bit more into, again, the fact that he was an alcoholic at 14. Like he was smuggling pints of liquor in the lining of his jacket when he went into school. And drinking heavily throughout the day. <laughs> and um, according to the book I listened to today, it is it was just not that uncommon in the late 1970s for 14-year-olds who were at that time only four years below the legal drinking age in the U.S. Hmm. Um, it just wasn't that unusual for them to walk into like a ShopRite liquor store, like a supermarket or a liquor store. with a bottle of alcohol. walk out with a bottle of alcohol. It doesn't matter. It's uh, <laughs> John Bachdorf. John Bachdorf. Okay. By, the, by the way, John Bachdorf is the one who wrote the graphic novel uh, based on his um, experiences with... Uh, and I have Dahmer I have seen school. the art from the graphic novel, and it actually looks like a, a really David has it on the shelf over here. I'm sure we have it. And <laughs> we watched the movie, but I will say the movie was very. Um, I was not particularly entertained by it because it seemed almost to not justify, but give reason to Jeffrey Dahmer's tendencies. And I just don't think there's any reason to be had with this story. I, it, it's very strange. And it, it was a very strange story to tell. I don't know that I particularly enjoyed it. I mean, I think that that also kind of ties into sort of the sense I've gotten in terms of kind of how the true crime community views Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Is he's not, no one's condoning. <laughs> no, no one's no one's saying he was right, and no one's saying that he was a victim. But there, there seems to be a lot more sympathy for him because there is there is this sort of general, I believe, correct belief that that he was completely nuts. Yeah, and it's it's obvious that he was nuts. <laughs> but like, <clears throat> I, I I think that there has been there have been over the years sort of attempts to sort of make him seem more human. And I don't know that those are valid. It's, 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 it's like if you could, I understand he's crazy and that m- this is a perfect poster for why mental health care in this country needs to improve. Mm-hmm. But like at the same time, he lied to weasel out of trouble when he was in it. Like, he he concocted deception after deception. He was a predator. Like, before he was killing people, like, in that very long cooling-off period before leaving between leaving the army and beginning his, essentially, murder spree in 1990, where he killed 15 out of his 17 victims, like, 
he was a serial rapist in the gay bathhouses of, yeah. of Milwaukee and went to great lengths to conceal that he'd done that. Like it was, and still got blacklisted, you know, after only 12 complaints because you know, the gay community takes care of its own. Sounds like my experience with yeah. DoorDash. <laughs> it only takes 12 complaints to fix this problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I don't no, know. It, Jeffrey Dahmer is what, the, he shows up so much in, in pop culture, mm-hmm. in those ways. And I think it's f- for the same reason you were saying. It's like people just can't ra- – they're trying to – they're trying to make sense out of nothing. And it, there's, no, there's no sense to be had in this story. It's, it's just – it's like trying to read Jeffrey Dahmer's diary and, and make sense of it. I'm sure you couldn't because it's nonsense. I mean, listen, do I – do I think that – people with mental illness should automatically be suspected of being criminals? No, because they're far more likely to be victims mm-hmm. of violent crime. But, but at the same time, as, as nuts as he was, like, Jeffrey did have a role to play in his own longevity. Like, and he, he did it rather well. I mean, he played on the apathy of others, but he did it mm-hmm. exceptionally well. Like, it's not, <laughs> it just seems so ridiculous to kind of, take this man and try to like, I've, I've seen a lot of people um, and the prosecuting experts, in fact, tried to do this where they they said it's like he, he hated his own homosexuality so much that he killed 17 homosexual men. It's like, first of all, not all of his victims were homosexual. Like, and two, like the idea that he hated being gay. So he drugged, raped and murdered 17 people. Like, like you can't use gay panic on a gay man. Like, like it doesn't work that way. Although to be fair, I think that that is typically when gay panic, it, it like people were trying to insinuate that gay panic happens when someone is gay and doesn't want to admit it. But to be fair, I don't think gay panic is a real thing. So there's that too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm sure that there have been men who panicked when they realized that a man was hitting on them, but that kind of seems like a you problem and doesn't justify you killing them. Yeah, it, so it's not like, an excuse. <laughs> and and that, that's just something that makes me nuts. I do I feel wanna, like I shouldn't have used that phrase in this episode. What, gay panic? No, I said go eat a dick, and that was a really bad phrase <laughs> to use in this episode. <laughs> Although, um, to be fair, he never admitted to eating that particular part. I, I don't know if that makes it better or worse. Yeah, um, the, the contents of his fridge make for a real fucked up Thanksgiving. I'll give him that. To, to be, <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, I guess I'll use the word fair. Um, he didn't actually begin eating his victims until, um, I want to say it was Errol Lindsay was the first one. It was very late in the game, but it was, it was, it was, it it was very late in the game, but, um, and <laughs> It's not like, like, I think a lot of people hear like the cannibal of Milwaukee and kind of imagine him like sitting at a dining room table. And it's like, <laughs> no, like this guy was drunk off his ass in a dirty recliner, you know, pulling quote unquote snacks out of the fridge. And I'm not calling them snacks. No, I want but, to be clear on yeah, that. He that, referred but, to them that way. Yeah. But like, and it's, it's so, it, it's so unfathomable the things that, that he was capable of doing. Um, one thing I did want to mention before we venture too far off the pop culture path oh, no. is that in my research of this topic, mm-hmm. I stumbled upon something that I didn't know existed, and that is a play that was written about Jeffrey Dahmer. 
and it it's what is the special effects budget for that play? Well, let me tell you, it was it's like a, a sh- it was it was no a shock theater like piece. <laughs> it was a shock theater piece that it was more like performance art. Oh, okay. But it was based on his crimes. And <laughs> what were they do? <laughs> I, I oh, just have to tell you, that it, it was it was a play called The Law of Remains, and it was it was produced in New York and uh, has only had I think one other iteration besides is it Maplethorpe? this original. Did Maplethorpe write this play? Uh, no, it was actually an Iranian playwright, uh, director and filmmaker named okay. Reza Abdo. Okay. And the, this person wrote this play, but the funniest thing that I took away from it is that, um, there was a critic, uh, Stephen Holden who described it as, uh, it was, and this was in a review for the oh, New York gee. times. Oh, it no. was characterized as one of the angriest theater pieces ever hurled at a New York audience. <laughs> I was like, that is poetry. I wanted to say that on my tombstone. <laughs> I was like, I can't even, I can't oh even put God. this into context. I was like, I don't even know how to fit this in the story, but it needs to be in there somewhere. That there is there is a play about Jeffrey Dahmer and that it is considered one of the angriest pieces of theater ever, quote, hurled at a New York audience. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's completely insane. Um So, I, <laughs> I I thought since this is our Thanksgiving episode, oh, no. um, we could have a little inappropriate fun. <laughs> we're really we're jumping into the game already. <laughs> I I think it's about time. I think okay. it's about time okay. to play a game. I believe we're it. going to play a little game that is based very very loosely on the topic today. Uh, we are going to play a game called Who's Hungry. And this game is a food-based game because we're coming up on Thanksgiving. Um, We're going to answer some questions that I have pre-planned for us, and I have not told you what they are. Uh, I would like to point out that we are now switching over to light fare. Light fare. Yeah, we're done talking about the craziness that is Jeffrey Dahmer. Well, we're not done because I have one more story that I'm going to tell (laughs) after. But it's funny, so it's good. Go ahead. All right. So I'm going to ask you some questions, and you have to give me... An honest or dishonest answer. I'll leave it to you. I won't, I won't pressure you. Thank you. Our first question is, what is the weirdest thing you have ever eaten? Oh, my God. I'm somewhat adventurous. I know and you I, are. I will, I will I've try been at your house once. for haggis. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, it's not haggis. Um, <laughs> this is actually kind of hard. I, th- I think the weirdest thing... I think the weirdest thing I've ever eaten is probably I had um, octopus sushi. Oh. Um, is that the one where you like pour the soy sauce on it and it wiggles? No, it wasn't. It wasn't that expensive. I'm not rich. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it was. It was most of an of, a, of an octopus, um, just on a plate with soy sauce, and um, that's gross. It was. It was honestly. It tasted fine. Um, it, it tasted fine. Uh, the texture I was left, say that left ju- something it, to be desired. To stare at it, it um, just is very unappealing to me. <laughs> uh, it was it was a little like chewing on like, you know when you've been chewing a piece of gum for too long and it's it's like it's starting to get a little, like, a little harder to like get yeah. it to stretch? It's, it's a little bit more like that. 
There, there are admittedly not a lot of foods that scare me, but okay. that is going to be one of them. <laughs> For me, I think the weirdest food I have ever had, and you're probably going to disagree with me, is escargot. I think escargot is fucking disgusting. <laughs> I mean, I've eaten escargot and I I enjoyed it. I knew you were going to say you enjoyed it because everyone's like, oh, it's just garlicky, buttery goodness. I'm like, yeah, but that's like saying, why don't you eat this garlicky, buttery booger? It's so fucking disgusting. It's a snail. I I think you had it cooked properly. No, it was was a very nice restaurant and they prepared it as well as they could have, I'm sure. Because it, it, it shouldn't be like slimy when you get it. It wasn't that it was slimy, but knowing it was a snail uh, was disgusting. That sounds like a that sounds like a personal prejudice problem on your part. I think that that's a you. I think issue. that's a normal person problem. Is that to know you're <laughs> eating a snail is probably too disgusting. I don't think it's that different from eating like a clam. I don't like clams though, or oysters. You don't like any seafood, and you're weird. Seafood is gross. What you're is not. what is the weirdest thing? you've always wanted to eat or that you would try, do you think? Would you ever eat a bug? I mean, probably not, honestly, just because I think that would be, I think it would depend on the bug, to be perfectly honest. Do you consider a snail a bug? No. (laughs) A snail's not a gut. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I don't. I put I don't them really on the know. same like level, the the same shelf in my brain. Snails and bugs. That's like I, I'm not eating um, any of those. I have heard from reputable sources that um, kangaroo meat is gamey, but hmm. sort of tasty and sort of tastes a bit like venison. I um, would do that. I would eat kangaroo, I although they're very cute. They're, they're also very dangerous. No, they're, they're assholes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, like, like kangaroos murder people. Okay, I know. like it's kangaroos not, are assholes. They can disembowel you with one kick. Like that is a six foot tall murder <laughs> machine. Don't, like don't, don't be sitting here picturing Winnie the Pooh and shit. Okay, I it's know. like they come out of that pouch and they are ready to fucking cut you up. They like will it is fuck not. It up. is not a question. It's like it's like if Australia had a red tailed deer problem, but all the red tailed deer had Velociraptor claws. Like that, that's that's exactly what's happening. All the kangaroos because are from Australia is. A hell mouth. <laughs> um, no, I think the weirdest thing I would want to eat is a really weird question, but I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stick with kangaroo meat because I can't honestly think of anything else. Mm. Like, there's probably something out there, but um, a lot of the weirder stuff, like, 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 a lot of the weirder stuff that I have been offered is things like, my wife is Norwegian, and they, they have... <laughs> They have a culinary history that would just it would just put you on a liquid diet for the rest of your life. Like it's it's like let's let's coat these fish in lye, wait <laughs> until they become jelly, it's and disgusting. then eat them with a shit ton of salt. And it's one it's of those like, things where like when people open the can and want to vomit, who thought this was an acceptable thing to be I mean, selling? The thing is, like, this is a thing that they eat all the time. Like apparently in Minnesota, like you can go into diners and order lutefisk, which is that exact dish. It is it is jellied. Fish that has is it been meant coated to be cooked? in lye, or is it um, pre-cooked? I think the fish may be smoked ahead of time, but I'm not sure on that. I've never looked up a recipe for lutefisk because I have no intention of putting that in my mouth ever in my life. Like if you if you handed me something that you told me was soaked in the shit that Tyler Durden used to burn his own hand, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> like that's a big old I'm note good, for thanks. me. I'm good. <laughs> I don't know what mine would be. I would probably eat a bug. For you money. thought up these questions. 
I didn't think about it. I wanted to give a, an off-the-cuff response. I would, pro- I would eat a cricket, I think, if it, if it really came down to it. I mean, it. I would eat a cricket. A, lo- a lot of cultures do. I, I hear they're especially good fried. Yeah. I also think if it really came down to it, I would eat uh, English food. That would probably be the most daring thing. Fuck you. I enjoyed my <laughs> my, my my UK restaurant. Tour. I'm totally I kidding. I've, I've, I've admittedly never been to... I mean, I've been to England, but it was mm-hmm. on a, a layover. You were at Heathrow. That's not... That's yeah, I was not, not in England. Nearly. I was in Heathrow. No, honestly, if you, if, you, if you go to England, and I'll probably say this like 900 times in the course of this podcast, it's like you don't actually want to get English food if you go to England. If you've never been to India... Indian food. That's what <laughs> Go get say. Indian food because it is absolutely incredible. I know. And like any random little shop you walk into, it's And great. I should say I am a huge Anglophile. I, I want desperately to go there. Um... And I have one final question oh, as good. part of this game. Um, and the, the name of this question, I just wrote The Donner Party. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let me and guess. I think you know what the question is <laughs> going to be. Would you eat a human being if you were starving? If you were starving to death, yes. do you think you could do it? I think I would probably be capable of eating a human being that was already deceased. Mm-hmm. But considering the fact that I had an existential crisis over whether or not to kill the mouse in my apartment. <laughs> in Philly. <laughs> I think I would have a really hard time murdering someone to yeah. eat them. I, I agree with that. I actually, someone I think that's the me, distinction I'm going to make. Yeah. Someone <laughs> asked me this question recently, and I don't remember why. I, was, I think it was my friend Jasmine was asking me, mm-hmm. did she think, did, did I think I could eat? Uh, another person if I really had to. And I gave that exact same answer where yeah. it's like, if if I was in a situation where it was like literally life or death, if the person was already dead, I imagine I could probably find it in myself to do it, but I could not kill someone to save myself. I mean, the caveat for that is like, if they're trying to kill and eat me, then yeah, no, all bets are off. Well, <laughs> we're we're, we're going to go full UFC on this. Like we're gonna, it's going to go primal for a couple minutes. But yeah, no, like uh, unless she, unless this person is coming at me with like a carving knife and a roasting pan, like I'm not, I'm going to have a hard <laughs> like time Like witch doing hazel it. and bloody <laughs> You know, it, unless they build a house made of candy from the Ambrosia chocolate factory and yeah. try to shove me into an oven. Like, like, yeah, no, I'm going to have a real hard time <laughs> with that. Um, <laughs> So those are all of my questions. I hope you okay. enjoyed that little game that we got to play. <laughs> I hope you're on your way to Thanksgiving dinner right I now. I do too. And I um, hope when you get there, you ask these questions of your family too. So after having gone through this truly dark thing and then done something wildly inappropriate but fun, um, <laughs> I wanted to leave you with perhaps my favorite story that I came across while I was researching Jeffy Boy. Um, we don't know the name of this man because he didn't die. Um and they didn't report it? He didn't report it for the following reason. Jeffrey brought him back to his apartment, went to drug him, and accidentally drank the drink he'd spiked. <laughs> so Jeffrey mickeyed himself, passed out. This guy stole $300 and a watch and left him unconscious on the floor. And Jeffrey told no one the, until he was caught. That's what I was going to say. The funniest part of this story is that the only way this story got yeah, he out didn't is have that to tell Jeff, anyone this. Jeffrey Dahmer told this story like, himself. Like, <laughs> he, he, he mickeyed himself. So, so if there's 
if there's one funny kind of like weirdly uplifting story to come out of Jeffrey Dahmer, it's that this motherfucking bozo gave himself a roofie and got robbed. <laughs> what a fucking moron. By I, the man he intended to rape and murder. I just imagine it being like a scene from Family Guy where Jeff is like swirling a drink yeah. and he's like, so what do you do for a living? Do you smell toast? And then it hits the floor and the guy's like, well, might as well take his watch. Motherfucker was like, give me $50. There's $300 in this wallet. That's Guy. What a cheap motherfucker. Yeah, he took seriously. out $300 and was only going to give, give him 50. 50. <laughs> he never was going to give that man $50. No. All right, kids. That is our Thanksgiving episode. I hope yeah. you have a very uh, lovely day with your family, chosen or otherwise. <laughs> and uh, this has been my Spooky Gay Family Thanksgiving never, episode. Never, ever hitchhike. Never hitchhike. Please And if don't. you see someone carrying a basket of red flags... Walk away. <laughs> Walk away and call the police. Call the police. Preferably not in Milwaukee. And if the police question you, hit them over the head and tell them again. <laughs> Don't assault a police officer. We are Don't not assault a police officer. Bad ball sack. Bad ball sack. I would like to kick him in the balls rack. Uh, for real. Go ahead. All right, kids. That's it for us. Happy Thanksgiving. So until Happy next time, stay spoopy and remember. Oh, Pass no. the cranberry sauce. We're having mashed potatoes. Ooh, the turkey looks great. Thank you for loving me. Len. Thank you for being there. Please. Thank you for loving me. Oh, God. Everyone's thanking. The whole Len. world's thanking you. Stop. Thanking Len, stop. us for thanking you. Len. Kill the turkey. Len. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from Bob's Burgers produced by 20th Century Fox 2011. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Jewel Productions. Barbara Duel.